Hey, all you cats and kittens, this weekend I'm going to be in San Diego, California, the whale's vagina. June 3rd and 5th at the Mic Drop Comedy Club. It's a brand new venue, and I'm fired up to be there. Get your tickets at adamraycomedy.com, San Diego, California, June 3rd and 4th. Four shows, Mic Drop Comedy Club. For all my Seattle peeps, I'm going to be back in town June 26th at Climate Pledge Arena playing in the Champions of Change celebrity basketball game organized by Seahawks great Cliff Averill. Marshawn Lynch and Gary Payton and Sue Bird are the coaches. Joel McHale and Kevin Calabro are commentating. Playing in the game is me, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Richard Sherman, Jamal Crawford, Jason Terry, uh, Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> Jermaine Kurz. It's going to be star-studded with athletes and me. We'll see how it goes. July 1st through the 3rd, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Improv. Pittsburgh Improv, July 1st through the 3rd. Going to be a blast. Love that room. Love that club. Come out and see me, Pittsburgh, July 1st through the 3rd at the Improv in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, July 1st through the 3rd. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. And then Las Vegas, baby, we back July 7th through the 10th at the Laugh Factory in Las Vegas at the Tropicana Casino, July 7th through the 10th. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. For all your tickets and merch and podcast and TV info, AdamRayComedy.com on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my new special, uh, Adam Ray Live from the San Francisco Punchline, is out on my YouTube channel. I'll be posting more clips every week. There's also a 20-minute highlight reel from my shows in Atlanta at the Punchline on my YouTube channel. A lot of fun crowd work there, so uh, make sure you're following me on my YouTube channel and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube as well. Now that we got all the tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the very funny, the one and only, John Lovitz. Hey, it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. I was 46, and I hadn't worked in a long time, and I said to my agent, who's also named Adam, (laughs) and the manager, I said, can you guys get me work? I'm going to run out of money in five years. I'm not broke, but, you know, I'm going to run out of money in five years. It costs a lot to live the Lovitz lifestyle. Yes, and they said, why don't you sell your house? I go, why don't I sell my house? Why don't you get me work? (laughs) And I said to the manager, I go, you're building a mansion, and my agent, you just bought one. But I should, like, you're moving up and I should just move it down. And yeah. So I was so mad. They said that. And I go, and I've been with these guys for years. I mean, Adam was my, I was his first, I knew when he was an assistant, I was his first client. Wow. And so. So you guys go back. Yeah. And I, and I was friends with them, but they were, you know, sell your house. So I, I got so mad. I go, I'm going to learn how to be a stand up and then fire both of them. And that's what I did. And I went to the Laugh Factory and I here and I said, because Jamie always said I'd put you up. And my agent actually said he'd always, if you ever want to do it. And I wanted to do it for years, but I was, I was just too nervous. After college, I went to the comedy store and they were teaching a free work, stand-up workshop. Mm. And the guy teaching it said they're not hiring stand-ups for sitcoms. Well, of course they were, but they weren't hiring him. Right. Danny Mora, but then Danny came up to me a few years ago and said, I hear you have a funny story about me. You know? 
I go, well, that's what you said. I figured you were saying, like, if you really want to be a stand-up, do it for that reason, yeah. not to try to get something else. He goes, yeah. no, that's not why I said it. They weren't hiring stand-ups. I go, yes, they were. Robin Williams had just gotten more many. That's all they did yeah. back then. But anyway, it's not his fault, but I believed him, so I, I, I'll skip that. And then when I got on Saturday Night Live, Dennis Miller said you could be a stand-up, and he brought me to a club, Catch a Rising Star, and I tried it, and I didn't know what I was doing. And So they go, John Lovitz, yay. Then then the, five minutes later, John Lovitz, and the sound of one hand clapping. You know, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. And the, but I always tried it, and, and, and I became friends with, like, Eddie Murphy back then in yeah. the 80s, and, and I knew Robin Williams and Dana Carvey and, and Dana did and Dennis Miller, and they're all like, you could be a stand-up. I go, do you think I could be a stand-up? They're like, yes. Yeah. So those were the four biggest stand-ups in the country at the time saying, yeah, you could do do it. But I was just too nervous. And um, anyway, and now we try little things over the years, and and I did some, an Aspen Comedy Festival that had a midnight show and all the hottest comics but the guy, the manager from the improv I knew, he was running and he goes, John, you want to get up? And I go, all right. And I had some material, so I yeah. tried it. And I like did great. And Bud Freeman ran up. You're a stand-up. You're a stand-up. I go, I don't know. And and anyway, so I went to the Laugh Factory because by then Bud had, had sold the yeah. improv. Yeah. And later on when I was at the Laugh Factory, he goes, why are you in my club? I go, you're not there, Bud. You're not there anymore. Although I, I would have. but So I went to the Laugh Factory. So I said, Jamie, I want to be a stand-up. Okay, buddy, buddy, you're up next. I go, next? I go, what? It's 10 a.m. Go ahead. You're up next. I go, but I'm not in the line. And and so he put me up. So I walked up. My legs felt like lead. Mm -hmm. And my heart was racing. You could feel it. And anyway, I did like five minutes. Wait, why so nervous uh, well, versus SNL? Like, what's effect that if you have that under well, your belt? Because it's totally different. Right. Are you eating? Oh, it's me. I heard somebody <laughs> chewing. Thanks for letting me eat my lunch. You got it. I don't want you to... I, otherwise, I'd fall asleep in the middle of this podcast. I've seen the Snickers commercials. I know what can happen if you don't get someone food. That's right. Do you strike me as a Jew that um, that can get a little hangry? First of all, I'm not a Jew. I know. I'm Jew-ish. <laughs> I remember somebody told me that joke after a show once and said, you can use it. I did one joke about my mom telling me I'm- I, I do that joke all the time, but I, I, people credit me, but I didn't make it up. Do you have- Jonathan Miller, the great English director, made it up. And he, do you have a lot of uh, Jewish material? A little bit. Yeah. You want to hear a joke somebody told me once after a, a show in St. Louis? He goes, hey, I like your Jew stuff. I go, thank you. <laughs> and then he goes- Here's, a, here's another joke you can add to that Jew chunk. I go, sir, so far you're 0 for 2 in trying to build a friendship. I go, and he goes, so you could put this with that Jew crap. And I go, oh, man. He goes, what's a Jewish dilemma? I go, what? He Free goes, ham. No, the, I know. The best Jewish joke I heard this is there's a deli and the waiter walks up to these two Jewish women and says, is anything okay? <laughs> yeah. So, I know a guy, Elizabeth Berkeley, the actress, her brother. Yeah. She's Jewish, you know. Jesse Spano. So her brother, no, her her real brother, really nice guy. He goes, yeah, I'm in Northwestern University, my first freshman year in college. 
Well, you, st- Adam, stop barking at me. Well, give me a Jerry, bite. Stop. <laughs> so he goes. He goes to a new roommate, and and he's and his roommate says, "Are you Jewish?" And he says, "Yes." And he goes, "Well, where are your horns?" Oof. And he wasn't kidding. Yeah, he really thought. People say that I'm like you, idiot. We got rid of our horns years ago. I like when Greg, <laughs> I like when Greg Giraldo roasted you at the uh, Saget roast and said, uh, "John, you're the um, we haven't seen a, a a Jew in the closet like this since uh, Anne Frank." Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Did you laugh at that? You did on the show. Yeah, but then you have to laugh. He goes after me and stuff, but I go. Did you know Greg at all? No, and he brought up his notes. You know, so yeah. then I, the thing is, you don't want to make fun of somebody that's going to go on after you. Right. Idiot. So I go up and I go, hey, Greg, Greg, uh, I go, well, that was very funny, uh, Geraldo Rivera, whatever your name is. I don't know who the fuck you are. Never seen you. Anyway, it's great you went up with your notes. Very professional. <laughs> you know, most people memorize what they say. Also, they have this new thing it's called a teleprompter. <laughs> yeah, they can put all your lines on it. You can read it. You have to bring up your notes at a professional job. <laughs> what a anyway, he died. God bless him. Yeah, he was great. How uh That's sad because I didn't know and they go, Yeah, he he went to Harvard. He was, yeah, he was a, a lawyer. lawyer. He was brilliant. He's so smart. Yeah, well Doing drugs isn't so smart. No, I got the best of them. Did you, we were just talking Which about Which is sad, but I mean how do you I mean well, this lifestyle, I mean, you, you tell me, do you feel like there's almost a benefit in getting him to stand up this a little later? This lifestyle has nothing to do with being an alcoholic and yeah. doing drugs. And that's just, that's a choice that you people make. Yeah. And, you know, you, if you do it, you're at a terrific risk of getting addicted. Yeah. I don't care who you are. And if I did it, drugs and stuff or heroin, it's not romantic. It's not great. It's a horrible decision. And if I did it once, you get addicted. Anybody, because it, as Dr. Drew said, it changes your brain chemistry. So don't even try it. Yeah. I was too scared to try any of that stuff. Pot included. Well, I did it a little bit in college, and I didn't like it. I'd, I'd laugh for five minutes and get sleepy. And the next day, my chest felt like it was on fire, and I'm like, I, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't like doing drugs. I don't, I don't do them. I don't know what the point is. They go, well, you eat pie. What about that? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> is that is that where that story ends? <laughs> well, I just. Well, yeah, pie. I mean, I guess there's yeah, there's a, an addictive. I don't quality for sweets. I'm just and stuff. sorry. I I you know. I don't get into it personal, but I've seen it ruin people's lives. I really, I don't have sympathy, a lot of sympathy for people who, who, who do drugs and alcohol and won't get help. Right. I feel bad they have the problem. I go, but go get help. Yeah. If they won't, I go, well, you're destroying the lives of the people around you. Mm. And so you, you, you go, well, I'm addicted. I go, right, it's bad. Go get help. Go. They go, no, it's not that easy. You go, well, at some point, you know, you either die or you or you go to rehab and you get off the stuff. Yeah. So I get that it's really hard to get off of it. I'm addicted to Flintstones vitamins. Any advice? 
Yes. Come up with a better joke. Uh, so yeah, we met at your club, uh, through Spencer Sherman, uh, and I'll By the give way, I knew, I knew Sam Kennison. I, I like Sam very, very much. Yeah. So one time he had a party at his house, right? He's a very nice guy. Yeah. Very different than on stage. Say a lot of people are different than yeah. on stage. They're yeah. doing their act. Went to his house in the hills and yeah. I see this table. There's a pile. It was so, it was about six inches high. It looked yeah. like a little mountain. I think of cocaine. I don't know. I didn't know because it was so big. I go, well, that's either coke or flour. Yeah. I doubt he has a thing of flour, you know. And I'm looking at it. I go, well, should I try it? You know, and I go, nah, forget it. Yeah, I've been the first time I was around coke, a guy just bursted out of a bathroom and goes, I'll tell you why baked potatoes are better than mashed potatoes. And I was like, well, you have piqued my interest with the opening of this conversation, but we've never met before. I'm going to put my food away because my dog won't stop barking. I don't want to be rude. R I'm sorry. It's okay. We can edit your voice Rude out. Rude. Er. <laughs> Hold on. You want me to put it over there? You only knew about this for a week. You couldn't have eaten before. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. So we met at your club through Spencer, and I want to tell you exactly what you said. I go, John, uh, we have a mutual friend, Spencer Sherman. And you go, ah, yes, Spencer Sherman. Is he still a Jew? <laughs> and then I went and told Spencer and he laughed with that like great Spencer laugh. <laughs> and then uh I want to ask you. Well, Spencer's aunt is um Lisa Kudrow right. and her brother David was my best friend growing up when I was 11. Right. So I was always at their house. Right. And his mother which is, you know, Helene is Lisa's sister, older sister and so they're like my sister. They're my other family, really. I grew. I was at their house constantly. I mean, I grew up there. Yeah. Were you always? Were you like? I mean, the resident uncle, pretty much. Yeah, for them. For them, yeah. But I mean, growing up at the Kudos, their their mother, God bless her. She was so nice to me. Like I had it. She goes, John. I had my own drawer at their house of cookies. A, what? Yes. That's how close I was to their family. She's like my mom. They're my other parents. Yeah. Very close. And so. When I got on Saturday Night Live, Lisa called me and said, hey, I want to get into acting. And I said, well, you should go to the Groundlings Theater. Well, you so started, she yeah. did it herself. It took her like 10 years, you know, but but I inspired her. Yeah. She goes, well, I figured if you could do it, I could. I go, well, thanks a lot. She goes, no, not, not like that. But I mean, I knew somebody. It was actually possible. It's helpful. And I would talk to her about acting. I was a drama major at UC Irvine. And so when she was 14, she started asking me about acting. And, and I, you know... Before that, she was just my friend's little sister, and I always liked her. But, you know, you have your sister. She'd come into your room. David's like 11. He's like, yeah. get out, <laughs> you know. And he, I thought he hated her, and he goes, no. I go, well, the way you treated her. <laughs> and then, and then, but anyway, she was 14. We're talking, and I said to David, I go, you know your sister? I go, do you ever, like, talk to her? I go, she's, like, really fun to talk to. She's really smart. Yeah. And I, you know. Yeah, she, wasn't she, like, a biochemist or a... She was a, she went to Vassar, you know, Jesus. Ivy League. So, do you uh do you how do you feel when people Well, first of all, to know that you have like one of the most iconic voices in the business. Do you recognize that? Is that like No, cool? I mean, it's so weird because I'm sure if you ask anybody, do you think your voice is a what do you think your voice? They go, "I don't know. I just talk. It's just right. my whole right. life. It's just I just talk." Right. And when I was in college, I had a pr great professor, William Needles, who was a 
founding member of the Stratford uh, Shakespearean Festival in Canada. So he was like, he basically was like knighted in Canada. The great actress Maggie Smith, she always says, oh, Bill Needles, he had a huge influence on me, you know, and he was a great actor and he, he taught us Shakespeare at, at UC Irvine. And I said, Mr. Needles, you think I could be an actor? And he goes, oh, Jonathan, I think you have everything, everything except your voice. But see, my voice was even more like, hello. And then I would like way nasal and I would talk real, as fast as I think. Yeah. And I wouldn't finish my sentences. So I'd be like, you go, John, what's new? I go, well, I was thinking we could, you, if you go, you want to get something to eat? I go, yeah, maybe we could get some, when I don't know, what, 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 yeah, okay. Right, all like, over the what? place. What? Yeah. So that's, I think, one reason he said it. Then later on, I did a show in Canada, and he was there, and I go, and I brought it up. I said, your voice, I go, hello, what do you have to say now? My voice has got me work. But I thought my voice was nothing. Wow. Until what? Like, not distinctive at all, nothing. It never occurred, you know, I, I didn't hear it at all. Zero. But the, so there wasn't even like, because when was, it, they, People would say that and they go, do you know how handsome you are? I'm like, no. Well, you're really handsome. I go, what? In my mom's defense, oh, she saw I, one old headshot of you. You think I made that up, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> no, because I did make that up. Who started impersonating you? For, like, when did you start to like hear... Like anytime I talk to Dana and even telling him you're coming on, he's like, he, he you know, he does a great job. Yeah, the, the, when, well, when I was start? on, I was on, I was in the Growlings Theater and I did my liar character. Yes. And, and uh, the next day they had, oh, they had the 30th anniversary of the Growlings and Edie McClurg, great actress, Growling character, actually she did this character, Dot Duncan. So she put me in the show. She was, I want, I've seen you do it and I was doing it in the, uh, the growling. I just started. She goes, I want to put you in my in the show. And she did. And the next day, 10 people goes, I'm putting that on my voice machine. I'm going to imitate you. So when I got Saturday Night Live, I thought, boy, there's a chance people will do it. Wow. But um, so they did Liar. And then Tommy the first, Flanagan. Yeah. And then the first time I did it I, was what I wrote. And then after that, uh, the next week, Robert Smigel at his Triumph the Insult Dog. Robert was just starting. He goes, he goes John, this... Uh, Electrician was in Lauren's office and said that liar thing's the funniest thing I've seen in years. And Lauren's like, really? So Lauren goes, why don't you do it again and but write it with A. Whitney Brown? It was a great. Now Whit Whitney had kept coming up to you. Can I show you what I do? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who he was. He's a stranger. So I finally said, okay, let me see. I don't know why I put him off. So I watch his stand up and I was like, oh my god. He goes, did you like it? I go, you're a genius. He goes, really? I go, yeah. I didn't know. Sorry. An idiot. So we started writing it together. So yeah. I always give him credit after that. Yeah. And because he did, he really helped me expand the character. I had no, thank God Lauren said do it with Whitney because I had no idea what to do with it after the first time. And um, so it was great. And then, and then everyone's saying, everyone's imitating it. And I never heard it. And a friend of mine, she was in, uh, Hillary Shapiro, she was in a rock, all girl rock band, all American girls with the, uh, I think Daryl Hannah was in it. Her best wow. friend's Daryl. Anyway, Hillary goes, I'm traveling all over the country, John. Everyone's imitating you. I go, I never heard it. Because I'm just, Saturday Night Live, I'd be there till 7 in the morning writing three sketches uh, every week. Normally, in a night, in a day, normally in the Groundlings, you would take two weeks to write a sketch. Wow. So, anyway, everyone's telling me this, but I never heard it. Yeah. 
So now I'm out in April in California, driving down right around here, Fountain Boulevard, right down the road from where we are now, going this way, and I and I hear someone on the radio. It was a, a, a commercial for Riverside Raceway, mm. uh, and they go, and they started imitating me. Yeah, yeah, doing my liar character, and my jaw just dropped. It was so weird. Wow. Like they're imitating me because the liar character, it started off as an inside joke between my, my friend and I, who that later became my girlfriend. You know, anyway, <laughs> so so that's another story. But anyway, it was an inside joke between us. Yes. And then and then did she say like, oh, this is funny. Or did you just start getting a reaction? No, I said, I like, you know, why don't we, you know, we should you be my girlfriend. No, I like a guy with a fat wallet. And I go, oh, well, my dad just had 15 oil wells come in. She goes, yeah, right. <laughs> I go, well, I am a pathological liar, but I, that's all I said. And then, and then I, you know, old movies yeah. from the Thin Man that have a guy going, yeah, that's the ticket. And yeah. I didn't make it up, but I thought that would be fun to play. Yeah. And then I had the idea. I wrote out a thing. I called her. I go, you know, I wrote this thing. Um, I thought, what if the character was like? I did it once in the Growlings. I'm a member of Pathological Liars Anonymous. In fact, I'm, I'm the president of that organization. <laughs> yeah. So that's all I said. And then the audience said, uh, asks us questions. We're all doing characters. John Frank, who's a executive producer on The Simpsons now, is in the group, The Sunday. My friend Casey Sander, great actor. So, so someone says, you have a question for, uh, yeah, Tommy, how long have you been lying? And I went, I don't know what you're talking about. They go, well, you said you were a pathological liar. And I'm like, no, I didn't. You just said that. I go, no, I never said that. So I, I thought that would be funny. Yes. Like, so Robin Schiff... Great writer. She wrote the movie for Lisa, Romy and Michelle's. Oh, wow. Um, she was in the Groundlings. And she came up to me and she goes, John, you set it up perfect. Uh, just stay in character when you answer. She goes, you, you, I go, oh. She goes, let's try it. I go, okay. So I really give Robin credit. She pointed it out. I yeah. didn't see it. She goes, all right. She goes, what's your favorite sport? And I go, uh, bowling. <laughs> So, and we started laughing, right? And I go, oh, my God. Because finally, um, I, there was a guy, Jim Dean, who uh, uh, and he was married to Tracy Newman who at the time, who was the director of the Sunday Company, and Tracy's sister's Lorraine Newman, who was in the original company. Yeah. But anyway, Jim would constantly come up with these uh, ideas for characters that were really simple but really great. Mm. All the, And I say, how do you do that? Because the best thing is, and Robin pointed out to me, the character, the idea is so great, it writes itself. Yes. You know, and, and that, I, without realizing it, when she said, stay in character, I, oh my God, I can say anything, and it's funny if I'm in character. Yeah. And, but she had to point it out. I didn't realize it. And Are there a lot of things from the Groundlings like that that you, in like years later, look back and go, oh, like certain tools or things that you picked up on that you're using later or oh, all the time, yeah. but just, just learning how to do improv, which they basically it's once you realize how they do it, it's very easy because you do it in life. All you do is whatever someone, you know, everyone makes fun of the rules, but you just say it's true. Don't deny. You don't say no. Cause it stops the scene dead. Yeah. So if you said to me, all you do is whatever you say is true and then I just add information on top of it. So you here, know the, here, let's the game where scene. you stick your hand out and you put your hand on top and yeah. then you put your hand and they put their hand on top. That's all you're doing with yes. the information. Ari, give us a, a location. 
Uh, the Dodger Stadium. Great. Well, who are who are we? Who are we? Two Dodgers players. Well, on the or on, on the dugout. Two professional baseball players in the dugout. All right. What a great day for a ball game, huh, Clayton Kershaw? Yeah. If you're gonna, are you just gonna stand up there and and swing the, you know, take strike after strike? I can only do so much. You know, I get the guy out. You got to put runs on on the board. Don't tell me how to do my job. Oh wait, actually no. Yes, and tell me how to do my job. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. T- you're a professional ball player. You know how to bat. Swing. This is my second day in the big leagues, man. Cut me some slack. You've had 1,500 pr- at bats before you got here, didn't you? Yeah, on PlayStation. If you're gonna joke, you know, should I tell the manager to take you out of the lineup? Don't do it. He's my Go, dad. Listen to me. He's my dad. Listen to me. Don't be scared. You're here because obviously you're a great player. Thank you. That's who makes it to this level. Yeah. But you're not going to get a hit if you don't swing the bat. Just go for broke. It's a ball. Hit it. You know how to do it. Take everything you learn. Go up there, breathe in, relax, and do your thing. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Is it weird that my walk-up song is the thong song? People said you were going to have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. I don't care what your walk-up thong is. I want you to swing the goddamn bat. I don't care if you go up there and your underwear is riding up so high at your ass that there's blood <laughs> spilling out all over home plate. Swing the fucking bat. You can't get a hit. The only way you're going to get on base is, is if they walk you or they hit you. But when you're, I mean, you're striking out. You're not striking out, actually. You're, you're not even swinging. What what are you afraid of? Finally, someone takes an interest in in me. I'm afraid of a lot, Clayton. I'm afraid of commitment. You should be afraid of of, of doing improv. <laughs> You're not adding any information. Yeah, Adam. And scene. Yeah, that wasn't a good one. My fault. I I was a bad. I'm sorry. I feel like no, you set it wasn't. Us up. It wasn't you. You're right. It Who was, was in it your was groundlings right. class? Next question. John, what's your favorite color? Oh, at the time, oh. I don't know. The the company, I mean, when I was in it, you know, the Sunday company, Kathy Griffin was in the Sunday company. Yeah. And, and I was like 20, she was 23, I was maybe 26 or 27. Uh, um, in the main groundlings, Kathy was in it, Phil Hartman, Tim Stack. Yeah. Tress McNeil does... Tons of voices on yep. The Simpsons. Great vo- voiceover, like the queen of voiceovers. Lynn Stewart, who was Missy Vaughn. And Sounds familiar. Pee Wee Herman and, and you know, That's great. And they were all terrific people. Was Paul Rubens there while you were there? Paul was there before me. Gotcha. And uh, I actually, the first time I went to the Groundlings was, um, I was 20 and, uh, and, and Spencer's mom, Helene, was working as an assistant for the, a manager, Dave Stewart, worked with Larry Thompson was a big manager mm. so Helene said hey I'm gonna get you a meeting and he'll give you some advice and, and and she did it which was really nice so David said go to the groundlings there's a guy named Paul Roman Pee Wee Herman he like doing comedy the midnight show and watch that you should get involved so I, I went and he was hysterical he was great and um, and my dad was a doctor and he had these patients it was a Jim and Laura Gleason he'd say you should go to the groundlings you should go but I was I, I saw Paul Rubin, so I called the Groundlings the next day. I said, yeah, do you have classes? 
And Tom Maxwell from North Carolina goes, yeah, come on down. And it, I don't know, it scared me. <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, oh, this guy's a nut. Turn, Tom's like the nicest guy ever, brilliant guy. Yeah. So I finally went, though. I went to New York, wasn't getting anywhere. And, uh, you know, Lisa and David's dad, Dr. Kudo, said, hey, I, I, I know an agent, Jack Fields. I can get you a meeting with him. And then I worked at a clothing store, Rick Palak in the Valley, and the secretary, Diane, said, I can get you in the Screen Actors Guild to do an extra work. My husband's a lawyer, Rick. Anyway, so I, that was all I had. I had nothing in New York. I did the Renaissance Fair. I did Lady Wintermere's Fan, an off-off-Broadway play, which was fun. I was like, I'm an actor in New York. Yeah. I was thin, had a mustache, very handsome. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, this, we're talking about, you know, 70 pounds ago. So I... But I did it, and I came back, and I started taking class at the Groundlings, and uh, and I drove. I was staying in a condo with David Kudo and David in in Canoga in a Canoga Park off a of Warren, yeah, off a of Canoga Boulevard. His parents they had bought one, and and for Helene to live in, and then she moved out, and David moved in, so I they had another bedroom. So Huge. I, I just moved back. So I'm there. It's a nice condo. But anyway, I drove from there to Hollywood. So when I got on the freeway in the valley. The Ventura Freeway, I get on and I'm like sobbing. Why? Because I was so scared because I, I'm I'm going to the ground. I'm committing to being a comedian, mm. which I really wanted to do since I was 13 and saw Woody Allen's first movie, Take the Money and Run. I want to be a comedian like Woody Allen. And, and so I was committing just to doing comedy and I was just I was scared. I go, no one's telling me to do this. This is what I really, really want to be. Wow. And then I you remember get, that vividly, by the way. Just Yeah. Yeah. And then I get to the Groundlings and uh, the first class and Randy Bennett, also Southern from Texas. So I did some scene. He goes, well, that was good, but you could have done this. You could have been funny this way. You could have done this. You and it was the first time a teacher told me all the ways I could be funny and not like, stop it. Stop goofing off. What are you doing? They're telling you how to goof off and be a class clown. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm home. Wow. I'm home. And it was I loved it. And I took notes every class. Another friend of mine, one of my best friends, John, his dad was a, a Tyg Andrews, who was a great actor in original Mod Squad in the uh, in the in the '60s, and great Broadway actor. And and he was helping me. I was 25. He goes, he talked really loud. He goes, John, you know, you you got this uh, groundlings. You know, you can't you can't fuck around with these kids. You got to take it seriously. He goes, he, he goes, listen, these kinds of places. He goes, you get out of it what you put into it. Don't don't like go and goof off like a lot of kids. Is, you know, he goes, you gotta take it serious. Okay, so I said okay. So which was true. So I went there. I'm there like to like work my way up, get in the company, get seen, and get work. And um, so I took notes every class, mm. like it was college. You yeah. know, I took notes because I'm not gonna remember everything he's saying. And then I typed it up, and then I showed Randy. He goes, what's this? I go, it's your class. He goes, what? And he looked at his all typed. He goes, oh, my God, no one's ever done this. I mean, you know, I'm like, I, it, it's very, very competitive. It's like crazy competitive. Sure. You, and so when people come out here to act, I said, listen, your competition is, of all the people that come out, it's 10%. Because the other 90 are, you know, fucking around. They're going to clubs. They're brooding at coffee shops. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be famous. Like, <laughs> no one fucking asked you. You know, it's they're ridiculous. You know, it's the same. And you're, but ten percent take it very serious, and, are, and those are the ones that are going to move ahead and work. That's your competition, and you got to take it very, very seriously. And like a like a professional bodybuilder, you go. You really want to compete with like 
you know, the greatest bodybuilders, you, this is all you do. You got to eat perfect workout. It's like, that's what you have to do or you're not going to make it. I love that sentiment because I've heard people well, say, it's true. I've heard people say the opposite where it's like, why would you take comedy seriously? Like you got to just, it get, it's all got to be fun and light, but it's like, no, it is a job. And there is just like anything, an element of like, well, needing, when you're performing, you have fun. Yes. With the you preparation, relax right? And this, but to get there, you wow. got to practice. And, and the main thing is, you know, you practice. It's like they go, "What? How do you get better as a stand-up? Just keep getting up." Yeah. But what I did when I started doing stand-up, you know, it's like you go, "Well, who am I on stage?" And I go, "Well, uh, oh, like I am on talk shows. I'm me, but funny. Yeah. Okay, that." But then you got to learn how to use the mic, and then you got to learn about momentum and building your act. And you know, I would be up there and I would tell a joke, and people would laugh, and then they just stopped. In my mind, I'm like, and they stared at me. I'm like. Oh, another one, and yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know how to like sure transition. Had no momentum, no yeah. flow, nothing. I had to learn all that. But I'm bragging. But Jamie Masada said this to me. I got up the first time, and he goes, "Buddy, buddy." He goes, "In two months, you'll be one of the top four or five comics here." I go, "What?" He said, "Are you crazy?" I go, "It takes ten years." And what are you talking about? He goes, "No, no, buddy. I'm telling you, buddy, you have something the other comics don't have." I go, "What?" He goes, "Timing." I go, timing? Well, isn't that basic? He goes, yeah, they don't have it. I go, what do you mean they don't have timing? How can they do it? Nobody, I'm telling you, they don't have timing. Timing, that's like being a, um, a tennis player and, and you don't have hand-eye coordination. Yeah. So you can't hit a ball. I go, well, how are you going to be a tennis player right. if you don't know when to... I go, that's just basic. Then in tennis, which I play, it's like, where are you going to hit it? Your shot selection is the same with comedy. What joke are you going to tell? Where are you going to follow up? And the words, and then you tighten it. So what I would do, which anyone can do, I don't care what you do in performing, you, writing, acting, performing, you know, you get on stage, and you do your you do your set, then you come off, you go, okay, what worked, what didn't? Mm -hmm. And you think, okay, now then you bring it to the next show. What worked, and what, throw out what didn't, keep what did, do it again. And then you they go, okay, what worked, what didn't? And you just keep doing it like and every show. What do you think's more? Every show nonstop I've been yeah. doing it. Yeah. That's how you improve. So And the fun, the joy of it is that you can always get better. Right. And I'm doing stuff now that I can't believe I'm doing on stage. But you're so comfortable. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah. Because the last time I, I, I did it, I hadn't done it in a few weeks, whatever. I'm back on the road. So the first show, I'm like, oh. I gotta remember I act, I gotta remember. So I'm focusing on what's next, what's next. The next night I go, I thought, the next day I go, okay, you know it's next, you know it, just relax. You can be more present if you're not trying to think right. of, yeah. So then I relaxed and then it was just there. Do you like and to I ad lib and, show, and right I go, Now I just go relax more, 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 yeah. more. And I realize if you relax, you can think. Yes. And you've done the work. And my acting teacher in college, Ashley Carr, he goes, about a play, he goes, first you don't know anything about the character. Then, then you work on it, work on it, you know everything. The story, everything that's going to happen. Then when you start the play, you go back to, I don't, you know the character, what do you want? What's in your way? What are you going to do? Where are you coming from? And you go. And just, I go, you don't think about it? He goes, no, just the work will be there. Just trust it. It's the same with stand-up. It just starts, you know, you know your act and it starts flowing. And, yeah. Yeah, so then now, yeah, people say stuff, it's, it's um, you know I, I you know I'm comfortable to say stuff back or you know it's not always clever. They think sometimes it's really good, and sometimes it's not. That's the fun of it, though, right? The uncertainty. 
I don't find that part funny. <laughs> but, but, uh, do you think you had an? Everyone goes, good luck. Are you nervous? I hate when people go, are you nervous? I, I go, know. why do you want me to be? Yeah, fuck. I go, no, I wasn't, but now that you put it in my head, and they go, now when they go, good luck, I go, and I'm like, you know what? Luck has nothing to do with it. It's, I'm prepared to do the show. It's, forget, fuck luck. Yeah. If you're depending on luck to give a good show, you're screwed. Like, you, that means you're not ready. You got to, like, really know it, you know, and keep work working on it. And luck is, is, has nothing to do with it. A lot of people start in stand up and then make their way into acting and f- film and TV. You had such. I did it the such, other way. Yeah. It, do you, what, what do you find is like. Uh, but I wasn't like, I'd never done. I used to do Woody Allen and, and uh, Lenny Bruce's routines in my dorm room. Oh, wow. So. Without real, like I would look at Woody Allen. If you want to learn how to write great jokes, Woody Allen, the nightclub years, and the guy's a master at writing mm-hmm. jokes. So, so I would write out the the, the, the routines that you do, and then I, I would, like you did the one about shooting a moose. He goes, I shot a moose. I was hunting in upstate New York, and I shot a moose. So the way I'm doing it, I'd listen to it over and over, and I'd, I'd write it out, and i go, where his voice goes up, where it goes down, where you, you know, I, it hit the T's, I shot a moose you know that was his delivery but i didn't realize i was teaching by doing that learning how to write jokes and mm-hmm. how to do timing and and uh i mean i remember at college um this is a good story so i was uh this is my third year at irvine so they had a thing called solar energy day they called it sunday s-u-n day yeah so they put a post at the drama department on the there's a uh Bulletin board, they'd post everything, auditions, everything. So there was an, you check it every day, what's going on? There'd be a note. Uh, they want someone to write a sketch for Solar Energy Day. So I called, I go, hey, I'll do it. What's the, th-? he goes, well, how's that the theme of Solar Energy? I go, all right. So I wrote it out, and it was me and three of my friends, we're all really funny. So we did it. And there was a library steps, about 350 people on the steps, you know, and got good laughs. So then there was a guy after me. A, a, a stand-up. So I, he goes, can you introduce me? I go, sure. Then this guy's totally unknown, okay? I go, what do you want me to say? He goes, just say, uh, say, uh, you're, you're now here's the first stand-up comedian from Russia to perform in the United States, Nikki Lennon. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the first stand-up comedian from Russia, Nikki Lennon. So this guy goes and he starts doing a Russian accent and this, he does 45 minutes and the guy's kills. He's brilliant. He's hysterical. We're like, everyone's dying. And it was Robin Williams, but it was like nine months before Mork and Mindy, you know. What the fuck? So, but I, but he was just, you know, what's your, Robin? I go, oh, nice to meet you. I said, hey, did you happen to see my sketch? He goes, yeah. I go, what do you think? He goes, I thought it was funny. I go, okay, thanks. I go, do you have any advice? Like, he goes, yeah, you know, at first, you know, you, you're influenced by other people, but then eventually you find your own voice. I go, okay, thanks. I go, oh, by the way, I go, you know. You know, I'm a comedian. I go, do people always come up to you and go, why aren't you ever serious? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And he was annoyed. I go, yeah, me too. I go, what should I say? He goes, oh, just, you know, say, why aren't you ever funny? (laughs) But he totally related to it. Yeah. And then after I graduated, I was at the comedy store and I saw him and I said, oh, hi. I'm at college. He goes, yeah. I go, hey, can I ask you for some advice? He goes, yeah, after my set, come come back. He was super nice, wow. but I was too nervous by now. This is after, you know, he's huge, the biggest new comic in Mark and Mindy. Could you tell even at that moment when you met him, uh, pre all this, that you were like, oh, that guy's going to... Oh, he was hysterical. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. I wasn't shocked that he did well. He was yeah. so great. I didn't yeah. know. This is nine months before, but yeah, he was great. 
Because I guess you never know, but I mean, there's certain people. No, but that people... you knew, I mean, he was fantastic. Yeah. yeah everyone was like, and actually at Irvine, he, he said, so I'm there and he goes, hey, do you know, is there, are there any improv classes here? I go, and I, I don't know why I wasn't in and I should have been. I go, yeah, go across the street and, and this and it's in this. I told him where it was. So that night, my roommate, Tony, God bless his soul, he goes, who's really funny, he goes, John, uh, uh, this guy came by and and we did improv. But this is months later after we realized it was Robin. Yeah. He goes, remember Robin that came that day? He goes, you know, when he came, I was doing improvs with him and back and forth. And the te- Ashley was like, who is this guy? Like, he was just so great, yeah. you know? But it, yeah, it was Robin. It was a... Wow. He's always very nice to me. Then he got to host the show. Yeah. And um, t- I remember I did two sketches with him. One was I was Master Thespian, and and I wrote it called And So Adieu. And so it was like a movie. So it was, my line is And So Adieu, and 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 uh, I and I can't remember my line because the funniest characters to me, and everyone goes, Yeah, you is an arrogant idiot. So so totally. <laughs> yeah, people who think they're great and they're horrible. Cocky and all aloof. my friends go again. You, John. <laughs> I go shut up. So, so, um, so he thinks he's a great actor, but he. So and then and then I every you got to watch the sketch. It's pretty great. And Robin is in it. Phil Hartman, wow. Dana Carvey, wow. Dennis Miller, and and me. And so the name of the Dennis was doing the slates. So the name of the movie is and so did you, and so did you take one. So it made me laugh because I go like that's the name of the movie as well, and I still can't get the line right. <laughs> and they're saying it every time, and Robin plays the director. And the funniest thing was um was when it it's really fast, but it's really funny. Was uh, so Phil's in the scene with me, and there's like a ship. So the line's supposed to be, and so you're off to war, and so are, so you're off to France, and I go, and so are you. Robin goes, great, you know your line, gets ready, let's go, and action, and so do you, take one. But before we do that, so Robin goes, all right, so he says to Phil, all right, so you hand him the these, this, he called the papers something. Yeah. And Phil goes, you mean the armistice papers, which is what Robin was supposed to say. He goes, yes, the arm, and then he, Robin goes, oh, oh look at you, <laughs> right? <laughs> Going, oh, you're so dumb. You gotta watch it. And then and then he points out, Phil, oh, look at you, pointing out my mistake, you know, oh, oh right? And Phil starts laughing. <laughs> In the sketch, yeah, amazing. And you and oh, it's that's like my favorite, one of my favorite moments in the sketch. And then the other thing I do is, he goes and so and so the scene starts. You know, standing Phil does this little speech, and you hear a, a, a horn from a ship going. <laughs> and every time, if you watch the sketch, every time my my character is like, looks at oh, like what the hell is that? But like every time, because <laughs> he's such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Is it crazy to you to have like, uh, you know, I think everyone who gets on the show like, you know, dreams of having like, you know, characters that stand out and that stand the test of time. I mean, I was talking to Dana oh, about this. I can this. tell you, when I got on the show, <coughs> I couldn't believe I got it. But anyway, I did. So, and Lorraine Newman and Charles Grodin recommended me to Lauren, so I always give them credit. That's what really got me the show. I think. Well, you auditioned, yeah? Yeah, they, they well, I did that. I did the, they put the growlings on, on, on the Tonight Show. And yeah. And I did my liar character. Jim McCauley yeah, was the producer at the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. This is in '85, and Jim, you know, he he's the one that found all these comedians, and gave them their first break, like on the Tonight Show. You know, Gary Shandling and Roseanne and Bill Maher and Jim, everybody. Wow. Growlings that put me on. So they were auditioning the show, and 
and um, it was all over the papers that Lauren Michaels is coming back after being away yeah. for five years. And they're doing a nationwide search in Canada and America and all this. It's in all the, the calendar section of the LA Times. I read it. And when I, after I did The Tonight Show, got me an agent, Mike Eisenstadt. Mike goes, I'm going to submit you for, uh, for Saturday Night Live. I go, yeah, right. He goes, no, I'm serious. I go, all right, please. He goes, no, John, I'm serious. And I said, Mike, I have a better idea. Why don't I land on Pluto? <laughs> Why didn't I do that? He goes, no, I'm serious. I go, will you shut up? He goes, and I finally got mad. I go, all right, just shut up about it. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to get that. Because to me, it was another world. Mm. You know, I had one job when I was 25 on the Paper Chase uh, cable show, which was known for its acting, I was proud, for two weeks. That was it in, in, since college. Like in, in seven years, I had one job. I'm going to get on Saturday Night Live. Are you crazy? Sure. So, but he goes, well, I'm going to do it. Submit it. So he did that. And then Jim McCauley um, booked The Tonight Show. This is how crazy it was. So Fred Weissman, a very nice man, he was in charge of casting Saturday Night Live out of Los Angeles. So I met with him. He goes, you know, I'm going to recommend you. I said, well, how did you even hear of me? He goes, oh, Jim McCauley. I said, who's, I said, who's good? And he said, John Lovitz is the best sketch comic in L.A. I said, me? Wow. Go, what about Phil and Tim? And these guys are so much better i i looked up to them you know they've yes. been in the groundlings for years i just got in the company in september of 84 now it's march and 85 you wow know? and um and i said and and fred weissman i go how'd you get the job he goes well are you casting he goes, no no i'm a dentist i'm not making this up but they i had a friend that gave me the job and i don't know anybody so i asked jim who's good because you know i'm a dentist i don't know i was a dentist i don't know you're a dentist and they gave you this job but that's networks you know they yeah they they, they they're you know uh, anyway that's how they run wait so so they yeah that's why you know you always hear about sitcoms they go the notes they gave are ridiculous yes and i've done i've done them and and then you get those notes and your jaw just drops because you could go to anyone who just watches tv and go they said this and they go well, that doesn't make sense. I go, yeah, I know. Then they said this, huh? It's that bad. So because because they've never done written or performed anything, yeah. and I would have this argument with my manager. I go, have they never written or performed or created a character ever in their lives? Yeah. They're a lawyer. What place are they? And now they're in? giving me notes. I've never understood that. And they're using terms. Well, you know, it's about the characters. About the, I go, you don't even know, you don't what, know what you're that means. saying. Yeah, yeah. You have no idea. Well, just change this. I go, well, if I change that, then you got to change this, this, this. Then it ruins the show. And they're, they're, What do you mean? Well, go, figure it what out. What do I mean? Well, you're a professional. Figure it out. Make it funny. Right. What? A, what a Make your non-funny <laughs> note funny. <laughs> yeah. Make your note that is make, killing the scene. Do that and now make it funny. I go, well, what? So, like, guys like Henry Winkler, I, you know, I know. And, I know Henry and, and Gary yeah. Marshall. And they go. What do I do? Just say, yeah, okay, okay. Sure. You just, you know, don't argue with them. Go, oh, okay, that's good. All right. And then when you go, you don't do it. Then you do it again. They go, oh, we love it. And did, you haven't changed the thing. Did you enjoy the uh, collab? Was SNL pretty collaborative as far as like, uh, just, I don't know. Did you enjoy, like, I've heard so many, obviously, like, war stories. Look, at, I'm, it, it's, it's hard to do. I, I, you know, before I got it and while I was on it, now I'm off it. I just can't believe I was on it. And 
And um, but yeah, I, I it's like a love hate. Yeah, you love it. It's your whole life. But when I was on it, everybody, there's no like tact or you're out, you're in. You know, you yeah. show up to rehearse sketch. Oh, you're out. We cut you. I go. I just showed up to rehearse. Are you gonna? Why don't you call and tell me? Like no, no uh, politeness, nothing. And very, very competitive. And yeah. everyone's in their twenties and their first job and cutthroat. You know, they'll write thirty to forty sketches. Eight make it on the air. But do you notice almost all the people who write books about being on Saturday Night Live are the ones that couldn't cut it? You notice that? Sure. Yeah. Yep. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite. Uh... And you, you know, they couldn't cut it. I don't know. And uh, I worked my ass off i was there my first year i mean i i was there writing three sketches a night like i said i'd be there till seven in the morning mm. i worked my ass off and um and then i started making money and i could eat out at restaurants again i hadn't done that in seven years so then i ate my ass back on and then some I don't recommend gaining weight because it's very hard to lose. So, but the show, Kevin Nealon, he said it once, he goes, God, every week it's your highest highs and your lowest lows. Yeah. And I go, that's the best description of the show I've ever heard. It's, and it, it was like that. And then there'd be times when I'd call my manager, get me off this fucking show. Yeah. These people, they don't treat you like shit. And then, you know, it was brutal. And then, the music would start, and you go, "Oh, okay, this is why I do it." Yeah, and and then and then you'd you'd have a killer sketch, and nothing's more exciting than live television. But but you know, I mean, the truth is, they they always. I mean, I saw Horatio Sands go, "What's it like?" And or Bobby Monahan, the thing was, like in the show, and he described. It, I go, "Oh, it's the same." Wow. Twenty years later, thirty. You don't. You feel like you're auditioning every week. You're not sure if they're going to hire you back. You're not even sure if they're going to fire you that week. Yeah. They just keep you off balance. I don't know why. But anyway, that's what that's what it's like. It's not like you have you have the job kind of. Do you still remember that moment when you first heard John Lovitz? Oh, sure. Don Pardo. I was very excited. And I met him and I said, "Don." I go, "Nice to meet." I go, "I got to tell you, I'm so excited." that you're going to be saying my name like, you know, like, because yeah. now when I was on the show, it was the 11th year. So it wasn't, now it's the 47th, yeah. which just seems bizarre. Sure. And so, you know, I saw the first five years of the show. That's when, when you're in college and you see that show, that's like your group. Yep. So the first, that's when I was in college, 75 wow. to 79. And that's what the first five years of the show. And you hear Don, you know, John Belushi, Don Aykroyd, you know, so I said, I'm just so excited to hear you say my name. It's, it's a real honor and so exciting to meet you. So then he did He did it and he goes, John, did you notice I gave it a little extra punch? And and he would do it and he did. You know, Dana Car. he goes, the Saturday Night Live, Dana Carvey, Victoria Jackson, John Lovitz. <laughs> yeah, dude. Wow. And he did that every time. And it, and I actually, you got it. If you want to see a really Don, I did the funniest sketch. I thought it was funny, of course. <laughs> so I would walk up to like, like one time Danny DeVito was hosting the show, and 
Amazing. I didn't know him, but he's such a nice guy. Yeah. But I walked up, and Twins had opened a hundred million dollars, which would be like two hundred million. Somebody's calling a million today. Anyway, so he was doing some sketch, and I walked up, and I'm like, you know, no one knows who I am. So I go, hey, go, hey, Danny, you nice to meet you. I go, listen, do you want to get ahead in this business? Get to know me. <laughs> like I'm not talking about this Twins hundred million dollar open. I'm talking about making it. Okay, get to know me. And he looked at me, he goes, hmm, cute. So, <laughs> which of course made me laugh. Hell yeah! But everyone adores him. I mean, he's just you know love the yeah. most lovable guy. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. So, nice. so so um. In fact, in fact, when I the first time I, you said about the liar, I'm driving down Fountain of Heroin imitating. Then I get comic relief, which Whoopi Goldberg got yeah. me in. She asked me to do it when I was doing Jumpin' Jack Flash. Penny Marshall asked me to do, and Penny befriended me from day one. God bless her, like my mom, and she was so always looked out for Legend. me. Legend, always looked out for me. I don't know why. She just liked me and let me live at her house for two summers. I mean, put me in her movies. She was just great to me. Wow. So you know, I don't know. People very lucky. I'm very lucky. Well, what do you attribute that? That to? part's luck. <laughs> I don't. They like me. I don't know. And also, like, what? Why do you like me? Well, not. Well, I don't know. I'm nice, but I I don't know. I get. I don't the know. things they tell you in this business, right? They go like, work hard, show up, be prepared, don't be a piece of shit. Is it that easy? And then you know, hope for the best. Well, you you've got to, you know, leave your. My teacher said, leave your personal pro problems outside the theater. Leave them. Look at this and escape. Yeah, because if you get a movie, it's going to be three or four months or a TV series. Years they want people that are, you know. Ready and professional, and and do the work, and easy to work with, easy to work with, easy to work with. You sure. can't say it enough. Well, that's what I mean. And and if you have a problem, you know, whatever. There's not that they're mean, but you go, you have a problem, you all it's sad, but okay, we got to do the scene now. You know, and I remember in college, I was doing a play, and I was set. My teacher goes, "What's wrong?" I go, "Oh, my cat died." He goes, "Oh God, it's always something." <laughs> You know, but you learn. And so, uh, and and some people think I'm hard to work with because I was on Saturday Night Live and Lauren would, the first year, he'd always be screaming at me. I don't know why. But one time they wrote a sketch and it was for me and Joan Cusack who in the first year. So the writers, when you write a sketch, you produce the, the sketch. Right. It means you cast it. You you tell the design what uh, you know set design what you want right. you, you, everything. So I'm doing this sketch. So right before I do it, Al Franken goes, you know, play kind of big, you know, or something. And then and then Jim Downey walks up right after that. He goes, yeah, just play kind of down, you know, like. Anyway, so they they gave me like two completely opposite <laughs> notes. Right before I go. What the fuck am I supposed to yeah, do? Yeah, which way do I go? So I was so confused doing this. So I go, well, they wrote that sketch for you. That was a great sketch. Nah, nah, nah. I go, I go. well, what do you want me to do? They're giving me notes, and Al's telling me to do one thing, and Jim's telling me to do the opposite. I go, what am I supposed to do? The writers are telling me to do it. He goes, and Lauren goes, fuck the writers. <laughs> I go, what do you mean fuck the writers? He goes, I hired you to be to this show to be funny. Your job is to be funny. So do your job. I said, okay, fine. I go, but what? I go, I go. What if they write a sketch and it sucks? And I was very proud of this line. I said, I go, you know, I can't make a rose. I can't make a. I can't make shit smell like a rose. He nice. Goes, that's that's a your. He goes, that's your job. I go, that's my job. Yeah. I go, okay, fine. So you're telling me that if, 
a writer comes up to me and gives me a note, and I don't think it's funny. I don't have to listen to him. He goes, that's right. Yes. I go, okay. Wow. Okay. You want? He goes, you know how to be funny. Be funny. Okay. So after that, oh, man. So Al Franken and I were going to do it all the time. Do it like this. No. <laughs> Lauren said, I don't have to. You know, who, who, what actor is going, no. <laughs> yeah. I wrote it. I don't care. I'm not doing it. I'm, you'll do this. I go, nope. Not having Lauren scream at me after. Nope. Wow. No. And then, to my credit, I would do... Not, and Al would give me great notes, yeah. too. I love Al. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. So I would do the sketch. Al, we'd argue all week. We'd come up to me. I'd do the sketch. It would end. They'd applaud. He'd come up to me. Hug me. Oh, that was fantastic. It was great. I go, okay, Al, that's what I've been talking about all week, to do it like that. Can we not do this every week, please? I'm trying to make the sketch great. I'm not trying to go again. Yeah. But I know it's next week, same thing, you know. Not always, but a lot, you know. <coughs> but if you have people that are- Al helped me tremendously with Dukakis. He did, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you have people like that looking out for you, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, Adam Sandler, like your part in Wedding Singer. Well, we really cared about the show. Like when we were on it, it was the show. Right. I still did. It, we really cared about Everyone was very passionate about it. Hmm. It was like, it wasn't like just some job. It was like in our blood. It was like the show. Right. And, and because you're not just acting, you, you're creating it. As well, yeah. So it's like your stand-up, like you care about it, yeah. So when, like you said earlier, when you're doing your stand-up and somebody goes, you're texting and like, what the fuck? You I'm up here, like you know, working my at trying to entertain you, and yeah. you're like being so rude. Yes. It's crazy, yes. And it's very distracting, and you're in the front row. The why do you? Why are you here? I think that's my problem when I see stuff like that in the front. I I just. Yeah, it's like be you wouldn't. Well, if you if if you recognize someone being discreet, like like they're trying to like, I'll give benefit of the doubt. I'm like, oh, they they definitely don't want to be doing what they're doing, but maybe it's pressing. But just turn your back on them, you know. Yeah. But but then you're dealing. You can't get them out of your head. Uh, I want to go through uh, just real quick before we wrap this up and uh, just say a handful of uh, wrap it up. Not even fucking done talking. <laughs> getting started. So I'm 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 39. I'm gonna tell you some of my favorite John Lovitz. <laughs> Things that I've come to know 39. and learn and love. I can't imagine being 39 because I'm 64. And I don't remember. <laughs> You're 39? Yeah. I'll be 40 in June. Where was John Lovitz at How 40? How old were you when I met you? 20? <laughs> 18 years ago. Yeah, about. Oh, my God. 22. Jesus, time flies. You don't look it. Thank you. You look the same to me. Great. You look except great. Except for your bald do people know you wear a toupee? <laughs> no, that wig is extraordinarily... You can't tell. Thank you. Well, you Thank have all you. your hair. So do you. Uh, yeah, not, not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to say something. I want either... You can give like a, I don't, a quick story, a memory, just oh, something that comes to mind. You to talk now. <laughs> the nerve. All right, first one. And that... It's one of, no joke, my favorite movies of all time. And when I saw it in the theater, which was about 15 times with my best friend Adam French, we always quoted your shit first out of any part of the movie. And I don't know if you are aware of how iconic and quotable. The wedding singer? Yes. How much of that was you and Adam having fun, him giving you carte blanche to add some stuff? Were you pumped to do it? Did he just say like, hey. No, what happened was. You know, I met Adam, Adam, like the summer before he got SNL and 
I was I'd hang out at the uh, the improv on Melrose a lot. It was a fun place to hang out. It was really fun. And yes. So I remember I was in there watching a bunch of comedians, and and so you know, it, I didn't realize about. But anyway, beginning comics, the the nervous in this. So they, when you start, a lot of them they start they talk like, and I did it too. What they think a comedian is supposed to sound like, and you see guy go, "Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. All right, all right." You know, and they're talking really loud and really fast, and like too loud. Where it's like you have it and really fast, so there's no timing and and there's no chance to laugh, and it's it's kind of like they're hitting the audience over the head with a bat. Anyway, there's about five guys get up and do that blah 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 blah. Then Adam gets up and he sits on his stool and he's he, you can barely hear the guy. And it was like he was making fun of the guys that talk loud, which he was I think too. And he's like, yeah, he doing so. Anyway, so the guy before like. How you doing? Good to see you. All right. Now here's Adam Sandler. How you doing? So, so anyway, so, so I was, in, so yeah, so I was at home, you know, and um, and uh, and uh, I just bought this new hat of lettuce, you know, I was at the grocery store. Anyway, so like the next day, I opened my refrigerator, and like, and, and Superman is uh, in the, my refrigerator, and he's he's only like seven inches tall, you know, but he but he's like he's eating the lettuce, you know, and I was like. Hey, the fuck! It's my fucking lettuce. Like, what are you doing? It was so ridiculous, but it killed me, and I was laughing my head off. And then I went up to him and I go, "Hey, nice to meet you. I'm John." And he said, "Oh, yeah." And I go, "Hey, you're really funny." So then I left the show that summer. Yeah. And then they hired like, well, they're going to hire Farley anyway. They hired Adam basically. Like, well, we need another Jew. So they, <laughs> so they hired Adam. So I went up to him at the improv. I go, "Hey, I heard you got the show." He goes, "Yeah." I go. I go, if you want me to explain it to you how it works, you know, I'm, uh, I'd be glad to tell you. To yeah. you. He goes, okay, yeah. So we sat down for about an hour, and I told him the whole week how everything works. That's nice. Anyway, Adam is the kind of guy, like, if you're nice to him once, he'll, he'll be your friend for life. You know, on the other hand, if you cross him for no reason, he's like, you're done. And, but that, I'm like that. I think most Jews, aren't you like that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it must. It's yeah. like that. You're like, yeah, dad. Yeah, my mom gave me one, one cold bowl of matzo ball soup. I haven't talked to her in ten years. Yeah. So anyway, he's very grateful. Anyway, I went to see Happy Gilmore, the premiere, and I was like crying, laughing. I, yeah. And I hadn't seen any ads for it anywhere. I said, and I was walking with him after, and I go, Adam, are they promoting this movie? He goes, No. I go, Why not? I yeah. go, This is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Wow. I go, It's hysterical. I'm like crying, dying, laughing. So anyway, uh, I don't know how long after, a few months later, he called me up and goes, hey, hey, love, it's, I'm doing this. Can you do me a favor? I'm doing this movie, The Wedding Singer, and uh, there's a scene of a singer, and it's, I don't have a lot of money. It's just one day. I'll give you like five grand, but, which is, you know, I was making, five grand's not, it's not, I was making, the club, I was living on $5 an hour. Sure. Know? So it's still a lot of money, but, you know, normally, once you start working a lot, you get paid like a ton. Yeah. So anyway, he goes, but anyway, he goes, uh, you know, it's me and Drew Barrymore, and then and then you'd sing this song in the movie, and then be, he goes, I go, all right, well, I go, all right, let me think about it. He goes, I mean, it's a favor, but you know, I go, let me, can I think about it? He goes, yeah, okay, okay, let me think about it. So, and he hadn't had a giant hit movie yet, right? But I called him back about three years later, and I go, Adam, yeah, John, I go, wait, listen, you're saying I get to sing in the movie, like the band, and everything? he goes, yeah, I go. Yeah, I'll do it. I go, I don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah. And I was seeing with you and Drew. Yeah, I go, yeah, okay. He goes, oh, thanks a lot. I go, yeah. I go, I don't know what I was thinking. I go, this will be really fun. Yeah, I'll do it. 
So I did it. And Drew, I'm, I've known since she was 11. Wow. In New York. And um, her and her mom would be at these restaurants. I'd hang out at, you know, everyone hung out at. And so I met her when she was a kid in clubs. She'd be at a club. So, and I'm like, I remember at midnight, I look, and there's Drew dancing. I go, shouldn't you be in bed? Like, what? Which later on she talked about. Like, yes. Yeah. You know, but anyway. Um, so you were real comfy on set with both of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was really, uh, it was fun. So the only lines, I mean, I added, I, I think I said, uh, so again, I'm playing a character. He's an arrogant idiot, right? Yes, yes. So the guy, which is funny, because the guy, so the guy thinks he's great, but he's like an idiot. But he doesn't. Well, yeah, so. you you make fun of him for, and you say, or maybe I should thank Linda, your fiance. Well, that for, was all written. That was all right. Yeah, but I mean, that was all, just such, was, the whole thing was written. Except for, I added, I think that ain't no suck in my crotch. <laughs> then okay, everybody. Oh, I added Shaka Khan when I go, <laughs> ladies' night or what a night. But it's the '70s, right? So I thought, oh, this guy's an idiot. He'll think it'll be cool to go. Because that was a big song back then. Yeah. You know, Shaka Khan. Yeah. And she's great. Ladies night. Oh, what a night. Shaka Khan. And, and then, okay. I'm Jimmy Moore. That ain't no sock in my crotch. Okay, everybody, take four. Like an idiot. Like, you don't even know to take five, but he he wants to be cool. He goes, take four. Yeah. Right? Because Nobody he thinks does it's that. Cool. Yeah, of course. Because the guy's an idiot. Yeah. But he thinks it's, like, great. Wait, so good luck finding someone that can move and shake like this. Well, the way I play it, yeah, that but that that was all written. Yeah. And then um You bring so much But the character's a jerk, you know. Well, thank you. Or, or should I thank Linda? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. I'm you know, I'm tripling yeah. my money. And then I went, and then I slapped. Yeah. But I, I was afraid to really slap him. Not not because he was mean, condescending I, enough the way you kinda But just... I didn't want I go I better not so I, and I you know, like kinda went Shh. Oh yeah. But I really wanted to go, bam. <laughs> but I go, eh, okay. and he didn't say don't. I just didn't do it. And yeah. then, and then, um, wait, the backstage. Way. Oh yeah. Then, oh, then when I go, he's losing his mind. Magic lady, <laughs> disco lady. And then I go, sophisticated mama. <laughs> I was imitating Adam. Funny. You know, so I'm like mocking him on that. Yeah. So you, well, you have a one scene, but you can make all these choices. Yeah. You know? That's the act, and you make choices, and and then. Is all stuff you came in with, or you do it on the day? No, no, I no, I, the, I mean, I practiced this song, but I knew like, ladies, night or what, you know, girl, y'all got one, and then I grab my crotch, and then do Michael Jackson, right, <laughs> right, but I grabbed it because like you know it's your vagina. They left it in. I don't know if you know I'm doing that. Girl, you know y'all got one. It's supposed to be a night that's special everywhere, but right. I'm saying no. It's your vagina, and of course he's he's auditioning for a wedding. Yes. So I, I was trying to do what's like all inappropriate stuff right. at a wedding. Right. Grabbing your crotch. Right. Saying I don't know sock in my crotch. Right. Then, you know all the stuff you don't want him to be flirting with her, making fun of him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just like so she, because you have to get her to go like oh. Jesus, this is guy's an idiot. How many people come so up? You, you know, you look at the lines that the character says about you, right. and you go, "I get better." You got, you go, "You better do something to give them a reason to say that line." Right. right? So, so you do that, and then, um, oh well, good luck. Yeah, finding a DJ can move and shake, and he's angry with this, and he turns and goes, "Yes, check, you know." And then, and then the only a shimmy threat is very specific. And then when I when I. When I have the line, I open the curtain. Yeah. That's all in there. It goes, he's losing his mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits. Yeah. 
And then I thought, I said, I go, it'd be funny, like, I'm, my, my character is so nuts. <laughs> so like, I'm like, I'm reaping all the benefits. And my eyes get big. Like, it wouldn't be funny if like, I, I pull the curtain by me, but I'm so nuts that I just keep it going. Even after I, you can't see me anymore. He's <laughs> really slow. So he just keeps going. Like he stops, then he just keeps going. <laughs> he's, he's just insane. Oh, uh, yeah, it's so which funny. Which really made me laugh. Yeah. So funny. But it's all, yeah, it's all, you know, people, you're naturally funny. No, I, I, you're choosing to do all that stuff. Uh, and Drew, I remember talking to her before the scene. How you, oh, Drew, good to see how you doing. Good. And then she starts doing the scene, and and she's no different than when I was just talking to her. Wow. And I'm like, what is she? And in my mind, I'm going, what is she doing? Is she going to act? And I go, and then in my head, I went, you idiot. She is acting. <laughs> That's how good she is. You Couldn't tell. No, but, and then you talk to actors who, who really know acting, great actors, they go, What's his name? Uh, Daniel Day Lewis. No, Jimmy Russo. Yeah. Uh, you know he played a lot of scary guys. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. He goes, yeah. He goes, this is acting. It's like you turn your head. How you doing? Action. How you doing? He goes that. You just you're, you're using. Mm. But that's incredibly hard to do. But she's so good, you can't tell she's acting. Yeah. But that's the whole point <laughs> of it. You want to people believe it's happening right then, and you're drawing them in. And you're not acting. You're yeah. not performing. Yeah. You are, but you can't tell. Yeah. That's how great she is. And and one big reason is when you, she started when she was three. And so if you look at the, the, the some of the best actors, in my opinion, are uh, her, uh, uh, Jeff Bridges, starring kid, Kurt Russell, mm. kid. Uh, uh, they're so good. When they're in front, they're so like... It's they're not thinking about oh I'm oh okay Jody Foster yeah they're so relaxed they're so good they're not they're not thinking about consequences of my career it's just normal they go what you just you know and so they they're so like they have it down yeah they're great it's it's very difficult to do and do I mean I had an acting class and a guy Tony Barr great he goes acting for the camera so I did a scene I was right out of college and I go. Well, how you doing? You can see that. Hey, you know, all this energy. Yeah, yeah, pushing. And I didn't even know that's what it was called. But yeah, it's pushing. So he goes, John, tell me about your, uh, what'd you do today? He stopped. This thing, I go, all right. And I had taken out the class. He was like the master class. Yeah. I worked my way up. Yeah, yeah. I go, well, I don't know. I, I got up and I didn't do much. He goes, just tell me. I don't know. I, you know, I took a shower and got some eat and I went to work at a clothing store and I did that for eight hours. And then I, I, um, and I got home and showered and got a little something and I'm here. He goes, all right, now do the scene and talk to the the girl, whoever it was, uh, in the scene, the same, but do the lines, but talk to her the same way you just talked to me. Mm. Okay. So I did the scene. I go, well, da, da, da. Well, I don't know. That, yeah, I guess, you know. I wasn't even trying, nothing. So he goes, well, I go, well, I don't, I thought it was horrible. Yeah. He goes, well, I go, well, I wasn't doing anything. And he went, aha. <laughs> I was like, what? And the key, I can tell you, the key to movie acting is, Alan Bates said it. Movies photograph thought, so it's it's they 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 overcomplicate acting. It's like someone says something, right? This is communication, right? Yeah. You, right. I say something. You hear it, right? That's the first step. You yeah. hear it. You you think about it. It makes you feel something, and then you respond. Mm. That's it. So it's the thinking about it is the is what the camera captures everything. Yeah. Your eyes. 
and your your eyes are the only part of your brain. I didn't I learned this class yeah. that it'd be exposed. So it it reads your eyes, the camera, just like you look at a person talking and you go like, you're lying. I can see it in your eyes. You know, you're what are you angry? I can see it in your face. You're mm -hmm. why are you mad? You're glaring at me. Right. Glaring is your eyes. Yeah. Why listening is so why important. Why are you looking at me like that, right? It, you're always you're yeah. talking about the eyes. Yeah. So, so it's that. So it's the thinking about it before you say it. That's where all the acting is. And the good actors do that and the bad ones don't. So, so the, a lot of times they're just saying lines and you're not interested. They're, they're just saying the line. They do that a lot on, on these uh, medical dramas and shit. I watch them and they're horrible because some are good. Like ER, George Clooney I thought was great. Yeah. But George is thinking about it. You could tell he's relaxed, like, well, you know. And he and my whole family was doctors. I go, and I said, I know George. And I said, you, I go, you seem like a doctor. You know, he really did. Yeah, he didn't seem like he was. Really and I nice. wasn't just talking, but he nailed it. Yeah. But other people, not that the others weren't bad or Anthony was great, but but they're just they're saying their lines like I don't know if they're direct. Like, same as fast as you can. Da, 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 it's urgent. There's no thought. It's just. And also Definitely. a lot of dra dramatic shows they do that, and you go, I go they don't they don't know their lines. They... Did you get to improvise in American Tale when when you played the tarantula in American Tale? I made up the voice, yeah. Yeah, that's an iconic part. That's an iconic movie. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, you want to hear a story about that? Yes. So I did it. It's Spielberg that made that movie, right? Yep. And a year later. They want you to redo some of the lines. I go, what? I go, it was a year ago. What are you talking about? Well, just go and do it. And and uh, they're going to, I go, they're going to pay me? He goes, no. I go, well, what the fuck? <laughs> I go, he goes, listen, John. He goes, you should do it. Why? He goes, because Steven Spielberg, he's going to film it. And they only want two actors. It's you and Jimmy Stewart. I went, oh, Okay. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. That's incredible. So I show up. I'd never met Steven Spielberg. I go, Howard. He's a very nice guy, by the way. He's so regular. Yeah. He's like you. He's yeah. like, you go, I don't mean like you or me, just a regular guy. Yeah. And you go, well, you're just a regular. I even said one time, I go, well, you're just a regular guy. He goes, yeah. I go, I know you're really smart, but. Yeah, what's the. No, he just, he goes, oh, hi, Adam. Yeah, he's just regular. He's a nice, very nice guy. Wow. Just reg so regular that yeah. you go like, but obviously he's, you know, yeah. brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. So, um, so uh, I said, not. and he goes, yeah. And then, and then Jimmy Stewart came out. I hadn't met. He goes, have you met Jimmy Stewart? I go, no. He goes, so Jimmy Stewart is in the booth. So he comes out. He goes, he goes, Jimmy, this is John Lovitz. I go, Jimmy Stewart this is John Lovitz. I go, I go, hi, nice to meet you. I go, you know, I'm a huge fan. Of yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. He's really tall. I'm like, I go, oh, you know. And then he goes back. He goes, he goes back in to do more stuff. And I go, God, I can't believe it. And Steven Spielberg goes, I know Jimmy Stewart, right? And I go. No, I can't believe that you just introduced me to him. I go, I go some weird what? Nyquil dream. And and then so I go in to do the lines. So Jimmy and Steve go, well, we have some lines, uh, you know, a few lines. I go, well, I go, all right, but I go, listen, I I go, this was a year ago. I go, I made up the voice. I go, I don't remember what I did. I go, can you? Do you have any uh, something you can play so I yeah. can hear it? He goes, oh, we don't have anything. I go. I go, well, I don't know. I don't remember it. 
Do you have kind a tarantula do, for me really. to talk to? No, I. She goes, well, it was kind of like this and this, you know. Because I tried. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. And then he gave me a note. He goes, now do like, he goes, do like this. And the notes, he, he was like, great, right? Yeah. He was like this. I go, okay. He goes, go, go, go. I go, can I think about it? <laughs> <laughs> and then in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be arguing with him. With Jesus Steven Christ. Spielberg, yeah. No, but I, he gave me the notes. I go, can I think about it? Look at that house. I think I looked at it once. All right, we're going to close this out with a little Inside the Actor what Studio about, question, 10 questionnaire. What about what? Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. Those um, are the only iconic moments. No, there's a bunch more. Cameos. But, but we, you got to come back. Too gotta, much? No, you're perfect. This has been incredible. You just have so much. You're going to have to come back for part two if you don't mind. There's still a lot that I uh, have yet to cover. Well, why don't you do it now and then you can cut, cut it in half? <laughs> How about this? I have nowhere to go. Okay. Um, that. Well, your Wikipedia says you're friends with Sean Penn and Adam Sandler. Do you know that? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't hang out with them all the time, but yeah, what a, I'm what a f- friendly with them. And what a and, silly thing to just have in your Wikipedia. Well, it's, I don't, I don't write my Wikipedia. Right. I don't know who puts that stuff on there. It's right. not me. I had one time I changed some stuff because it was inaccurate, and then someone they, anyone can go on there and change it and do, add stuff and what a funny thing to add a little footnote have you I ever introduced yourself that way no but i mean i yeah i know that i yeah i you know yeah i've known them for years yeah you know sean penn's a funny guy yeah sean is really funny yeah think he could do stand-up uh well he'd have to figure out how he's going to present himself on stage yeah I don't. Mm, People like that are just so. I don't know. I don't think so. But he could be. He could. No, I don't know if he'd be good at that. But, but you know, the guy's a great comedic actor and yeah. he's a great dramatic actor. Yeah. I remember when he hosted the show years ago, and I kept saying, "Hey, did you see what I did? Was a professional? Was a professional? Did I seem like a professional actor? Because I had only had one job, and so I go, am I professional yet?" And he goes, "John, John, John." He goes, "Yes." He goes, "Listen." He goes, "John." I can't do what you guys do. He goes, I did I did a movie once and it took me six months. I had to do reshoots. No, it took me two months to get back into the character. He goes, he goes, you guys are doing it in seconds. I don't know how you do that. But he could do it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, and then he goes, you know what? You overestimate everyone and you underestimate yourself. And I go, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Which was his way of complimenting. Of course. Me, you know. but, All right, I'm going to play James Lipton. We're going to do an Inside the Actor Studio 10 questionnaire. To get no John, to get to know John Lovitz. Here we go. By the way, speaking of voices, your voice is the way they want you to speak (laughs) in college when they train you. You want to be like, I I can't. Oh, really? They want you to be that deep in. Yes, they want. They're training to to try to get you to speak like the way you speak. Oh, it's like you do voiceovers. I feel like it's too. I feel like this isn't like when they say in your like talking. So this is this is my voice being in my register or in my. I feel like this is too deep. I feel like I should be talking up here a little bit. No. Yeah. Well, no, no, they want you to be okay. Like, Hello, I could talk this better. Yes, Adam, you have some questions. <laughs> this is my lower register. It's good. All right, yes. here we go. I'm James Lipton. Here we go. I'm here with John Lovitz. John, what is your favorite word? Poop. What is your least favorite word? My least favorite word? Yes. I'm not, I'm not uh, yeah, nice try. 
I'm not going to say it and what, then have people say it to me. What, <laughs> what turns you on? Hot women. What turns you off? Well, I don't know. What's the opposite of that? <laughs> A cold meatball. What? What is your favorite curse word? Oh, you're really doing the real... Yeah. Fucking dick. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? What? What sound or noise do you love? <laughs> These are real lifting questions. What was wrong with him? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, uh, you know, what sound or noise? <laughs> I don't know. Music. I love, you know. Great. What sound or noise do you hate? Oh, well, of course, when a woman says no. <laughs> what profession? Want to have sex? No! <laughs> Could have said no, thank you. Thanks for the offer. Not right now. <laughs> but your timing's bad. No, so it would be like this. Well, you want to sleep together? Oh. <laughs> that. That would be the worst. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Well, I love tennis. That'd be, that mm. would be. I mean, I couldn't do it though. Not with that attitude. That you son of a bitch. <laughs> what profession? None. I mean, what? Do you, well, that's a dumb question for an actor. They're doing what they love. <laughs> I reject that. I I can't do okay. anything else. All right. Next question. What profession would you not like to do? Doctor, like my whole family. Yeah. It's so. stupid. Daryl. Yeah. The offices, it's no noise. Or a lawyer. They always tell Jesus, be a doctor, a lawyer. I go, you know, you tortured me enough at home. Now you want me to torture my. It's so. You ever been to law? People, lawyers, they like it, but there's. For an actor, it's a, a nightmare for an actor. There's no noise. It's mm. just silent. Fuck that. Silence. One of my first cousins is a great lawyer in one of the top law firms in San Francisco. And Michael is a great guy. Michael Abraham, great lawyer. And Michael, I've been to his office and he's got a beautiful office and he's a senior partner. He's got a view of San Francisco and, and it's just silent. There's no music, no noise, nothing. I'm like, it's so dead. It's just the opposite of me. Fun. You, you would relate to it because you'd go like, this reminds me of my dick. <laughs> dead and silent. Uh, that's that'll be a great clip. That, that that's what it'd be. You'd be in the loft and you go, <laughs> just dead and silent. This reminds me of my love life. Just, just absent just and no, barren. No noise. Nothing. No no, no excitement. Just, no sweat. Just still. <laughs> complete and utter. Last question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Your dad's here. Your dad's here to say hi. Amazing. That makes me cry, but that. I love that. The great John Lovitz. Thanks for doing this. Your treat. You're welcome. You're a legend. Thank you for paying it's me. Been a real. Uh, oh, wait, you didn't pay me. <laughs> I let you uh, eat your half your lunch. You've changed. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You're welcome.
Thank you for having me on your show. <laughs>